Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Fix Show. This is episode number very close to 20. I don't know which one it is. I think it's like <laughs> 18 or 19. 19. All right. Episode number 19. And today we are going to discuss what you can do to prepare your online store for Black Friday. It's coming. Oh, yes. You know that. <laughs> and in studio, we've got our very own Gilbert, who's here for the third time to come drop some knowledge. Every now and then we pull him in while he's busy deep down in the work and uh, making sure that everybody is happy and satisfied. We uh, just bring him on board and ask him to share some nuggets. And I think Black Friday is a big thing. So that's what we're going to chat about. But before we dive into the podcast, I want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by the Digital School of Marketing. So digitalschoolofmarketing.co.za, that is where you can go to learn the survival skill of the future, guys. I keep telling you that this is the survival skill of the future. Don't believe me? We're going to have a very interesting conversation in the next 10 years. Well, after 10 years, we're going to have an interesting conversation <laughs> for those ones that didn't believe me. Yeah. Um, all right. So the Digital School of Marketing, their courses are accredited nationally, internationally, and go check it out. And if you subscribe to our podcast, you stand the chance to win 11,500 rands course, any course to the value of 11,500 bucks. All right. So Gilbert, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thank you for having me. Third time's a charm, so I'm excited to be here. Make some <laughs> magic happen. You know how we do it, man. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, are we going to literally just dive in and have a conversation around Black Friday, what brands can be doing, a lot of the things that they need mm. to be thinking about. I mean, the stuff that they need to consider when it comes to their online stores. Specifically, we're going to chat about e-commerce and uh, what these guys can be doing. Uh, and let's provide them with as much value as we can. Definitely. I think I'm actually quite excited for this year's Black Friday. Um, one of the reasons is I believe and expect that uh, it's going to be a very big sales projections for compared to previous years. Um, I think also given COVID and a lot of people have been held back from really being able to go out and you know, live their lives and spend as they used to and guard and, and you know, do the things they used to do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them have just managed to save quite a bit, um, holding back on a day probably like Black Friday where, you know, the the ease of restrictions when it goes from level three to level two, people are getting, you know, excited and starting to live their lives again. So I foresee that a lot of them will be spending that money that they couldn't have mm -hmm. otherwise previously. So, yeah, um, I think it's just good to also be prepared for that day and get, you know, make the most of it, if you're, especially if you're selling online. So, yeah, that's what I'm excited about this year. I mean, in South Africa, Black Friday has grown every single year, year on year. Like every year, mm -hmm. there's a new record set for commerce. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen this year because every year you go into the news feeds and you actually see, uh, you know, business community, mm. um, what's the other one, my broadband, all these companies release all the stats like usually a week or so after or sometimes even a little bit sooner. But essentially it comes down to sharing what everybody else is doing, what Amazon did. And every single year the stats just keep, you know, breaking records. So definitely going to be an interesting Black Friday 2020 considering that we've also gone through a, well, we're going through a recession so i mean there's covid and everything is happening so the question is do people have money what's the story we don't know what's going to happen we do know that if this lockdown thing didn't happen and the pandemic didn't occur the i would say black friday would have shot the lights out in mm. terms of records so mm. now it's like is it, what's the growth going to look like it's quite interesting nobody knows or well, i'm sure it's going to be a good one yeah, um, I guess only time will tell, mm. but um, I'm pretty optimistic it's going to be a big one. Yep. I think so. And there's also, uh, people forget about the fact that on the 11th of November, there is a day called Singles Day. So that is in China, oh, in, yes. in the East. Yeah. And that is apparently bigger than Black Friday in the East. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a day that we probably don't ever really think about. I saw a couple of companies tap into Singles Day last year. But again, it starts like Black Friday started about mm. six, seven, eight, ten years ago. It's like one or two companies capitalize. And then before you know it, the next year, it just kind of like compounds. And before you know it, it's a snow, snowball effect. So it'll be interesting to see 
if the South African community mm. is jumping on Singles Day, but it's a massive day. Like I think it was like, oh man, what was the stat? I'm gonna have to look it up to confirm. But it was like there was like an absurd percentage bigger than Black Friday because nobody thinks that there's an e-commerce mm. or there's a commerce day in terms of specials and bigger than Black Friday. And apparently this day blow, blew it out of the, the park when it comes to, when it comes to you know the discounts and, and all the sales. So look, if you're an SME, then obviously this episode is for you, Gilbert. In terms of preparing for Black Friday, in terms of getting into the mindset and planning strategically, making sure that you've got all your ducks in a row, uh, where do we start? I mean, there's so many things to talk about. Well, where do you mm. where, where do you want to begin? I want to begin with growing your database. Reason being is because you're going to need an audience to market to that is actually interested in your products. Mm. So we always preach about growing your database. I think on on the on the, pod, on the podcast and in everything we do as, as as marketers, but it is very important. Even more so now that it's leading up to Black Friday. Mm. So what you want to be at least start focusing on is how can I grow a database of people that will be interested in my Black Friday deals? And the way you might want to go about doing that is two ways. You have an unpaid, an unpaid strategy and you have a paid strategy. Mm. The unpaid strategy is working on if somebody visits on my website, for example, what can I do to almost interrupt their uh, browsing with an offer to join my email list because I'm going to be having Black Friday deals and I don't want them to miss out. Mm. So you could easily do something on your website. You could even have a tab. I actually thought about this recently. Imagine putting a tab on your website that said Black Friday. And on that tab, if someone visits that page, you would have a category or uh, your products show up as different categories on that page. However, you don't show or reveal the products just yet because you're saving it for that special day. But if I visit that page, there's going to be a pop-up that says, hey there, want to see what we have on offer on Black Friday? sign up here and you'll be able to receive the Black Friday specials that go out first as a notification. Mm. So that's something that, you know, simply you could do, um, especially if you know how to go about, you know, just putting a tab on a page. I and like that. So that's one way of doing something. Yeah, and I think essentially what we're talking about here is how do you build anticipation? Mm. Because the problem we see every single year with Black Friday is that companies release their specials sooner and sooner and people are getting in the mindset of spending their money sooner and sooner. And then keep in mind that people only have so much money available. Like obviously it's their monthly salary and they've saved up a little bit perhaps or they've got their credit card. And if they don't know that you're going to have specials on Black Friday on the day, and if they see other attractive deals mm. related to items and products that they obviously want, the odds are that they're going to buy those products. And when the time comes that you're revealing your specials, they're not going to have money in the bank to capitalize on that. Correct. So what can a brand do essentially in order to ensure that they don't miss out on the sale that happens on Black Friday, but potentially still create a bit of a kind of like a movement where that customer still holds back his money knowing that something's going to happen and that's kind of like what i'm hearing you say is like have a tab on your site where someone can see black friday deals when i click it oh it's locked or oh it's yes. it's, it's, it's it's blurred out no, or uh, yeah there's or you can just say coming on you know the 29th of november 2020 Stay tuned with a timer or a countdown timer. That's what I was going to say. Oh, Even cool. more exciting. Put a timer there. Put a countdown timer yeah. there to, to share the excitement. And you mentioned building up your email list. So I'm assuming right there, well, I'm assuming I'm actually suggesting for those who are not necessarily in this frame of mind, but also not, didn't know that you can do this. It's just right there. Either have the pop-up that yeah. you've mentioned or right under that, just to have an email field with your name and saying, 
do you want to be the first to know yep. about when we go live with our deals? Leave your email address and uh, yeah, you will not miss out. Yeah, so I mean, we're assuming you're already generating traffic to your, you know, to your website, and this is essentially what you want to start doing now to then be able to capture emails, um, email contact detail numbers, and etc. But even go, let's go a little, a level deeper than that. Still on the unpaid side of things, um, this has got to do now with your own assets, i.e., the current database that you own of people that have purchased from you, right? So what you now want to do is tap into those individuals, right? So remember, when it comes to, especially online stores, um, e-commerce stores, you will have, I'd say like, I would categorize them in three different um, categories. So you have a group of people that are most active. And those most active individuals are those that, let's say purchase from you very often, you know, maybe once a week or weekly or monthly, they're, they're religiously buying from you, right? And then you're going to get the, in, the guys in the middle. The guys in the middle, they purchase from you, but not as frequently, you know, maybe once every two, three, four months. They do purchase, it's just not as frequent, right? And then you're going to get the third category, which are just completely almost dead, this, these are the people that haven't bought from you in the past six, seven, mm. 12 months. You know, they bought once and that was pretty much it. So now, what's going to happen is this. You're going to look at your most active customers, your most loyal customers, and you're going to look at them and say, okay, these individuals buy from me religiously. I want to reward them. I want to reward them with Black Friday deals or specials that is only going to be advantageous to them. Um, I mean, an example might be just simply giving them early access, let's say 48 hours early access to your Black Friday specials. Mm, mm. So ideally you'll go and, you know, you put some marketing, a marketing message together um, because you're saying, okay, I'm going to segment and I'm going to, here are my most active and loyal customer database I want to communicate to them that I'm going to be having Black Friday. However, I'm mm. giving them a special invite to access my Black Friday deals 48 hours before I actually market it to, every, to, to the audience outside of um, um, that database. I like that a lot. And I already know, obviously, that it does well. You know it does really well. Mm -hmm. But here's something that I can maybe share with you guys. Even in a retail perspective, so the company I used to work at, the company that bought my first business, we did an annual clearance sale. And what every year it got bigger and bigger. So I think 2013, I might, might be wrong, uh, I think 2012 or 2013 was the first year that we actually did the clearance sale. And every year it just grew and grew and grew. And I remember specifically... In 2016, we came up with an idea because it got so massive. Like we actually rented out empty mall space, like malls that like just, like there was a, I remember, I think it was Builders Warehouse that closed down and had like massive space that they were clearing out and we kind of like rented the whole space just for the day. And we would do our clearance sale there. And what we did was we said to everybody, there's uh, 10 lucky winners can remember the the Reggie's Toys R Us kind of like 60 yeah. second I mean not everybody will oh, yes, remember yes. this I remember it <laughs> it was on TV so you get a trolley yeah and then for 60 seconds you, you can around. run around and grab yeah. as many toys as you can it was oh. on KTV religiously every Saturday how I dreamt of being on that <laughs> right so essentially we kind of like take, took a bit of that concept and said 10 lucky winners are going to get early access to the clearance sale and people went nuts about this clearance sale mm. because it's sports nutrition that was you know a massive i would say hype at that stage yeah still a, a profitable industry but that was probably the peak of the industry and people just wanted the best protein at the at the most affordable price and we had 50 60 70 percent off deals etc etc so people went nuts they had to enter to become one of these 10 lucky winners yes so they had to give the email addresses 
So we built up a massive list of people who were interested in this clearance sale and wanted to be the first that can go in and spend, I think the time frame was five minutes, that you can go in, 10 people, and just pick out whatever you want, mm. be the first to check out and leave. And Because, yeah. I mean, people were queuing literally meters. <laughs> and, I mean, if anybody's listening who's ever been to one of those clearance sales, you know what company I'm referring to, then essentially, you know, you can just give me a yeah. shout out. But the people that were they would know they were queuing me like probably like hundreds of meters yes yes and uh to, to get in Jeez. so then there was like 10 lucky people who had a trolley yeah. and they can go in first and just pick whatever they want so two things happened one anticipation was built up because yeah. there's going to be a clearance sale yes. so people was like okay save your money and we saw it in the retail because we had 28 retail locations we had an online store that was about 10 percent of the, of the company's revenue so essentially we immediately see the moment we announced that there was going to be a clearance sale that month and it was usually the same month every every year but people didn't know what exact date it was going to be the moment we would announce it we can immediately see the re the revenue in stores and online just go just purely because people are holding yes. back yeah yeah so this touches on what i said earlier is like build anticipation uh, anticipation by notifying the people in your direct network your email lists on social media post if you're doing unpaid, if you're doing paid, run ads, tell people that you are going to be doing a Black Friday yes. deal, special offer, promotion, whatever. And because we can see that people psychologically hold back, they save, they go, okay, cool, I'm going to wait for that. Yeah. And it was massive. So I think essentially what it comes down to is building up that email list, cool idea maybe for those interested, uh, you know, who are in the retail space perhaps mm. or for those who are doing e-commerce i think it, you can mimic that experience quite easily no definitely um and i think when you are actually speaking there it also raises another point or potentially an issue that a lot of online stores might face and that is you know you, you're talking about how much excitement and it this built up but also the cues that it built up that's traffic mm. but now if you're building up the same anticipation and people are waiting in line for that uh, access to be granted, you're also going to have traffic, right? But now, now I'm alluding to a traffic problem mm. where can your store handle all that traffic that you might end up generating? Um, and I know we're chatting about it now and I think you wanted to touch a bit about it. So you need to have your servers prepared, yeah. For Black Friday. Uh, websites do go down. <laughs> I've seen it. And again, I can tell you what happened with us. That same company, Black Friday, would come two years in a row. We went down in the first, I would say, 20 minutes after launching the emails and SMSs. So we had a database of about, I would say, close to about 60-odd thousand people on email. And we had about 30-odd mm, thousand people on SMS. And... Mm. Imagine you bomb off that and you say Black Friday now. So the traffic was to the, to the site was insane. 10 times more than an average mm. day. Probably 100 times more than an average day. And essentially, we went down two years in a row and we had to wait about two, two and a half hours or so to sort it out. And uh, you lose a ton of money. I think Sekulot will tell you there was one year that they went down for like an hour or something and the amount of money they lost was ridiculous. Yeah. So, one thing that you need to keep in mind is that if you're going to have an influx of traffic, you need to speak to your service providers early on and say, guys, I don't want to go down Black Friday. What do I need to do? Do I need to upgrade to a dedicated server? Do I need to ensure that I, you know, speed up, minimize the resources on my site somehow? Yeah. It's more technical stuff. Or perhaps you with Shopify, then you can sleep at night in knowing that everything will be fine. Like yep. we had Melissa Rolston here, who's a Shopify expert, who also runs a marketing, a Maverick Marketing. And she mentioned that Shopify has never went down on any Black Friday. They've never, they've, the f one of the only companies, mm. or only the few yeah. companies that can say, we've never ever had any of our websites go down on Black Friday. Hint, hint, if you're not on Shopify. <laughs> exactly. And the reason for this, for that is, specifically for those that don't know, is purely, purely because I'm not a Shopify advocate yet. Neither. I feel like I'm going to put an affiliate link in there or something. <laughs> but essentially, it's because they have their own service. So they manage and host their own service. So yes. they're actually a hosting company, if you think about it. So, your e so imagine you renting space 
from an e-commerce business, basically. That's kind of like how it is. And, and they will make sure that you don't go down because they understand the implications more than anybody. Um, so we were speaking about servers. I think the other thing is when it comes to these technical stuff that you can do on the site while we're on service is also speed. You know, really, yeah. really improving the speed of the site because the last thing people want is waiting for that specials page to load and it's taking like two or three minutes. So essentially there's going to be a lot of traffic. A lot of traffic will, you know, kind of like almost like enforce slower performance. Yes. So do what any technical optimization you can in order to improve that site speed of yours. I think one of those that I've seen quite often um, as the main culprit is images and the image sizes on a website. It's if you do, you know, a, a bit of an, a website audit grader, uh, use one of those tools, you'll find that majority of the time it's because of the image size. But again, I know not a lot of business owners think about that kind of thing. They just, you know, have images and they upload them, but they don't realize that the size of the image itself is what's actually causing mm. a lot of the, the the load speed to take so long. Because we recently did uh, one for a website order for one of our clients, and lo and behold, the first thing that popped out was all the images that were on the site were just way too heavy. And even though it's on Shopify, it's just it was the images. And yeah. so you just literally just had to reduce that and then the speed picked up again. So yeah, things like that. You know what happens is that and maybe you're an SME that's sitting with this scenario, the business owner reaches out to a creative person to design the banners. And creative individuals they always want to make sure that they put forth the highest quality work. So with the highest quality work comes highest res resolution work. Yes. And with that comes high resource intensive files. Mm. And that's when you're sitting with a file of like two or three or four megabytes that you want to upload up into your site. And that's absolutely just way too big. Uh, for those listening and for those who want to get a bit technical, like I remember when we were doing a ton of website optimization when I was still doing it myself. I always advise clients to not have banners bigger than 100 kilobytes. The moment of, and that's one-tenth of a megabyte. So if you're seeing one megabyte, then you know your banner is 10 times bigger than it probably should be or, you know, just in, in essence, yeah. bigger in size when it comes to the site speed and that's going to drain you. Definitely. So back to the database um, because I was referring to the most active users and ideally what you're, yeah. you know. Be while we, let's do this. Before we get to that, like while we're on the technical side of things, maybe let's finish up. I've got... One here that yep. I mentioned is is while your site is fast, maybe let's touch on the mobile friendliness of it. Oh, yes. Purely because of the fact that we're here now, we might as well finish some of the technical stuff. So for those listening, just make sure that you go to Google mobile friendly check. Just Google mobile friendly check. And then you can put in your site's URL in there. And it's going to tell you whether your site passes Google's mobile friendly check, you know, audit whatever you want to call it. And essentially, if you don't, you know that your users are going to have a bad experience. So reach out to a developer, reach out to your guy who did the site, or if you can do it yourself, find a way out to do it. But make sure that your site is 100% mobile friendly mm. because if it's not, then you are going to have frustrated users and you're going to end up losing a lot of money. True. I think also like most of the most uh, sites or some sites, they'll optimize the website um but for desktop and then automatically i think they think that it's optimized for mobile 100%. but it's, it's two different things and looks very different as well on mobile so i think that's also just a distinction just know that mm. just because it's optimized for desktop doesn't automatically or it just doesn't optimize accordingly when you're on a mobile so just yeah bear that in mind i guess yeah keep in mind that if you're going to be running social media ads google search ads you know, even YouTube ads these days have a majority of them, of those users are on mobiles. I mean, Facebook is ridiculously disproportioned. I think it's like 95% of people are on mobile versus 5% using desktop. So if you're going to be driving traffic from Facebook and you have a desktop version on mobile, which doesn't necessarily work well, you need to have your site checked and just make sure that you sort that out. Definitely. All right, so let's get back to, we were saying... We're building up anticipation. We digressed a bit, but we still added a ton of value, I'm sure. I'm confident of that. But we, we mentioned that uh, we're building up a bit of anticipation, the database. Go yes, yes, definitely. So now 
Um, we get to the, I'm going to call them in-betweeners um, because they're not the most active, but they're also not completely, you know, you don't want to completely neglect them. Um, they do purchase once every three months. And you also want to inform them mm. that, you know, something is coming, something exciting is coming, Black Friday is coming. And one way to try and get them to get excited about this is ideally you want to try and reactivate them sort of to keep buying more frequently. So if someone is only buying once every three months, give them uh, 10% off or 20% off to say, hey, listen, um, you know, we haven't seen you in a while and we just thought we'll give you a discount for, you know, being part of a, a, our member list. Um, so here's 20% off. Come on and, you know, splurge a little bit. So idea, what you actually want to try and do is try and get them into the habit of buying again mm. and again and again and more frequently. So that when Black Friday comes, they've already been, you've got them into the habit of now buying more frequently so that you can really take opportunity. Uh, okay, so I see that's, that's something you can do as of today then, essentially. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so that's essentially what you could potentially do with the in-betweeners. But when it comes to the, what you call the lapsed customers, the, the ones that have bought once and are no longer even buying from you, with these guys, you want to try and get them to return but in such a way that on black friday you you almost want to make them feel like they're missing out so imagine sending out this email marketing communications to them that says are you ready for black friday haven't seen you in a while <laughs> with a subheading oh, saying haven't seen you in a while and then when they open up the mail, it's like, oh, wait, who's this? What do you mean you haven't seen me in a while? You know, you know how it is psychologically. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get them to be, uh, you want to click through. And when they open that, it's like, hey, John, uh, haven't seen you in over eight months. You okay? <laughs> uh, we're, we're gearing up for Black Friday and we've already sent out exclusive access to our members. I wanted to find out if you'll be interested in you know, saving 80% off our, our products. And um, essentially, if they click yes, for example, then, you know, depending on what sort of email marketing software you got, you can obviously tag people depending on what they do in your Mm -hmm. email. Um, But ideally, in that instance, what you're just trying to do is kind of like reactivate them with an offer that we're having Black Friday and it's going to be 80% off because this person has only bought once in the last 12 months. And maybe it's just that there was nothing else really that they found interesting um since then and you could even in your email perhaps reintroduce some of the new products that you've uh, launched recently Mm. because remember they haven't been there for like the past 12 months so they don't even know what's new what products you have on offer so maybe you might want to you know send them the new products that you have on offer but also tease them with the fact that soon you're going to have black friday and people are going to be you know they could potentially save whatever it is 60 percent 50 percent off but it's important that you are talking to these individuals differently because they are in different segments, but you need to engage them now and get them ready, get them anticipating and get them ready for that day. Because now, just because I haven't bought in the last 12 months, maybe I am that that, that customer who just waits for deals, Mm. you know? And well, then now is the time for you to reactivate me and potentially get sales from me. So that's what you want to do. And I think, I don't know if a lot of businesses actually segment their audiences, knowing that these are the most active. These are the the ones that, ah, yeah, they buy once every two months. And these ones, like, they don't even buy anymore. But how many of them, how many out there are actually thinking, how can we re-engage? How can we reactivate these customers that haven't bought from us and bring them back? I can tell you now that a lot of SMEs in South Africa probably don't do that. I, I think most people just have a database or email list and they just bomb an email off to those individuals once a week, or once a month, or yeah. especially just on Black Friday. And I think what you're alluding to is like, listen, you need to be a bit more strategic than that. Focus on the people that are really engaged and give them more value and, and make them feel special and say, yes. because you're an active individual, uh, active buyer, Thank you so much for the support. You know, he has this percentage of, uh, you know, they're going to feel valued. And they're going to reciprocate in some way, shape, or form. When they're gonna, if you obviously have something that they want. And this touches on the point of, I think, a lot of times, brands don't necessarily have appealing offers on Black Friday. 
I think that's that's a big pain point which we can touch about touch on just now. But it's about really being strategic with your communication and ensuring that you segment the people who buy frequently from the people who don't. And also just I don't want to di- again I don't want to digress too much, but if you have one email list and you communicate just with that one list, the odds are only a small percentage of people actually engage with your mails. For argument's sake, let's say you've got 10,000 email, emails and you send a mail and you have 10% of your audience open the mail. That's roughly 1,000 people that open the mail, right? Now, there are 9,000 people who are basically just ignoring you. Now, the problem is that your service providers are picking up on this and they're picking up that people don't react to your brand's message mm. using their servers. And that is usually a flag for spam, which means that these service providers are going to force your mails more frequently into the spam filter versus if you were sending mails regularly with higher open rates and higher click-through rates. Now, we had Wondile on the podcast here who is an outreach expert, and he spoke about how these email service providers work. It's all signals. Yes, Open rates, click-through rates, it's all signals. And if you just bomb off a mail to your large database and you have a low engagement rate, you're sending bad signals to your email providers, which means the next time you send a mail, you're going to have fewer people open because now you have more mails ending up in spam. So touching on your point, I think it's so crucial to segment the high active individuals in terms of engaging with the mails, not necessarily buying here specifically, from the ones who don't. And here's a simple strategy. On MailChimp, you can do this. Most email marketing tools today, you can do this. If you're sending out an email campaign, you can choose who you want to send those mails to. Yeah, you're choosing the overall list. But on MailChimp specifically, you can say, who do you want to target in this list? People who, or everybody in the list? People who've engaged with your last five campaigns, 10 campaigns, 50 campaigns, whatever. So essentially, you want to pick people who've engaged with the last five or 10 campaigns because they're still active. And the chances of you receiving a high open rate from that campaign, aka getting good signal, signals from the service provider or to your sending good signals to your service provider, are higher and you ideally want to do that. And the people who haven't opened your last 10 or 20 or 30 email campaigns, if you don't have something attractive to re-engage with these guys, don't mail them. Up until the point where you have something really, really attractive to share with them, then re-engage with them and see if they actually respond. And then the ones who don't, just kick them off your list because it's going it's to save you money because you pay per subscriber when it comes to these email tools. And you're going to send better signals to your service providers. So the chances are you're going to have more emails being opened from a marketing perspective. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and I think... You know, one one of the reasons why we're also trying to, you know, nail this in terms of the e- email marketing in your database is because, remember, you've probably paid to get these customers, right? And you have them now. You don't have to go and pay again to get them to come back. Like, it's it's just a matter of now, okay, I've got these individuals. Uh, I, I've got a good understanding of, you know, segment A, segment B, segment C. Why? Because obviously I've looked at my data. I've seen who opens what. I know who's interested in what products. And I just want to make sure that I'm constantly reaching out to them with enga- and they're engaging with it, with engaging content, with things that they actually want to receive and not just a generic email that you get sent out to all the database Mm. Um, and then that's obviously also when people are not opening it because it's just generic and it's for everyone instead of in in certain segments and ideally what you want to be doing then is capitalizing on the people that you already have it's always cheaper to get a purchase from customers that you already own than go out and get a purchase from customers that you don't own because now you're paying for the customer Mm. to purchase from you uh, which is going to be two, three times more. So look at your list, look at your customer database, and think of what you can be doing prior to Black Friday. But even just in general, you should be doing email marketing regularly to the database so that you can keep um, able to have transactions happening without you always paying to get more new transactions. 
100%. Communicating with existing people in your database is always cheaper than trying to communicate with people outside of your direct network because it's a paper paper play. <laughs> paper play? Paper play? Paper, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying <laughs> to say, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pay, you have to pay to play. That's what it comes down to, essentially. I thought you were saying pay-per-click. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to say pay-per-click, but it's actually you have to pay to play the, yes. the platform. It's like I see one of those arcade games and you have to put the coin in in order to play the game. And that's kind of like how Facebook paid advertising works. Of course, you can do organic social media. But if you're a new business who have almost zero following, the odds are nobody's seeing your post. If you've got, a hun- if you've got less than 10,000 likes or followers, the odds are every time you post... You know, a very small people amount of people are actually seeing what you have to say. So you're gonna have to spend a bit of money, and that's becomes the the you need to pay in order to play this game. Yes, and ideally, it's always more expensive to do that. And uh, I think one thing I touched on earlier, and I, what I want to articulate now on, is that if you really have, you know, everything sorted out, really consider what is actually value to your customer base. Like, what do they actually want, and what kind of percentage offer is really gonna get them to open their wallets. Because I can tell you now, and I've seen this with some of our existing clients in the past, luckily we've gotten better at educating people around Black Friday, but we've had clients that said, for example, if you buy one, you get one free. Like that's not a Black Friday deal, guys. That is a normal everyday. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is just standard. 10 to 15% off, 20% off, that's not Black Friday deals. Black Friday is that, that, it's supposed to be Christmas. Like this, the Christmas only comes once a year and that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to make them feel like, whoa, this is Christmas, 80% off, what? It's supposed to be jaw-dropping, pretty much. And I think a lot of people don't have the margins to drop their discounts lower than 50%. I get that. I think you're sitting there going, I can't Mm. afford to because I've got this pair of jeans. I paid 300 bucks for them. I'm selling it for 400 or 500 bucks. I can't afford to sell it for 300 bucks because then I'm not making any money. We get that. But then keep in mind that by doing that 50% off sale and you get the sale, you can communicate with that customer at a later time. So yes. if you can break even on Black Friday and gain a ton of new existing customers, that's also value. Absolutely. The goal is to get the customers in. What you do after that, that's where you're going to see the return. Remember they always say, you only make profit after the second or the third purchase. It's not on the first one. Mm. So it's just a matter of getting them in getting them to buy something, then you can start actually see reaping the rewards with the email marketing and uh, you know the, any other marketing material that you'll be doing towards it. In terms of other unpaid ideas, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, so I, I mainly it was just that email marketing. I think, w- you know, in terms of, you, you know, we're always talking about like something that needs to be valuing your customers. I was actually thinking of rewards as well. You know, when someone buys, I don't know, 2,000 rand, 3,000 rand worth of goods, having a rewards uh, level or, or points that they can earn, for example, you know, and that's making them also feel a bit valuable. They say, hey, you know, you, you've been buying from us regularly and each time you buy, you keep earning extra 10 points, extra 10 points, extra 10 mm-hmm. points. But those points must obviously amount to something eventually. But essentially what someone can do is redeem those points to get i don't know an exclusive offer that's only valuable or it's only given to them and in that way at least when you're rewarding people for buying that's some way of making them feel valuable and in return they can redeem those points for something that's uh, exclusive only to them so i think also it helps to have those points because then you you can also then um for example like now if you if if you're doing you know the black friday pre-black friday marketing you can look at them actually from a points point of view and where they are and then be able to then see what sort of rewards you'd like to give them based off of you know the points that they've earned mm. or if 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 you know you've got people that have only earned like one point you could potentially try and get them in to earn more points and by earning more points they're going to be able to save i don't know 500 rand off of on black friday or something like that you know yeah so if you're doing points i think points are always good also just more like a reward level um just to give them some value extra values to each purchase that they make yeah i think essentially uh, you know what it comes down to is just showing people that the more you buy the more you want to give back uh, it's essentially going like look this is a a relationship okay it's not just a transaction 
And essentially, we want to reciprocate when it comes to your support. Thank you for supporting us. Here's an extra couple of coins. You know, a lot of these sites have coins. Yes. So you get like a, you know, at our previous company, we had it like, I think a, a 10 coins was worth a rand or 100 coins was worth a rand or something like that. And essentially, every time you do something, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you get yes. a couple, 100 coins. Or and if you refer, refer a friend to the business, you get if a you few refer points. If you refer a friend, you get, you know, a thousand points. If you if that person buys, you get more points. If a cent, I mean these, if you guys are using any CMS, Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, Wix, I can't think of anything else now. But there's still many of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, if you are using any of these, just look for a referral or a loyalty program. Yeah. And I think start playing around with that before Black Friday. And essentially, maybe a, a cool idea would be to get to a certain amount of points and 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 you know unlock exclusive Black Friday exactly. deals. Exactly. Whatever it is, I think that's what it comes down to and what it alludes to. One thing I want to touch on when it comes to building up this database of yours, two things is that I, I have this idea of where you say something like, enter our competition, where you just have to leave your email address, and a lucky winner can pick any product he wants you know, on our store for Black Friday. So on Black Friday, you don't have to pay anything. You just pick a product and you win it. So it's almost like you mentioned Christmas mm. and as you mentioned Christmas, like, hey, this is actually a pretty cool idea because what if you said competition time, sign up to be the first to know about Black Friday deals two, three, four weeks before Black Friday. But on Black Friday, the winner will be able to choose any product on our site that he wants. Obviously, depending on the products that you have. Yes. And, but essentially, it, it's, it's up to you to, to also be, you can obviously just say, look, from a specific category, but I'm just thinking from the most exciting mm. point of view is like, Pick any product you want on Black Friday. You don't have to buy anything. Lucky winner is going to choose it. And it's going to be your Christmas, technically. I like that. We actually did a competition last year for one of our clients on Black Friday. So while everyone's obviously you know, discounting the products. They did a competition instead. And the winner was announced on Black Friday. I think they gave away like five hampers or something like that. But we never went to that extent of saying like, go on our website and choose any we're going to do that now. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also the the kind of paid stuff that we could be doing, right? I mean, what are some of those ones that you want to list for us today? Yeah, so one main one, um, which, uh, you know, we tried it and we did it and we tested it last year. Um, so we're about to give away our little secrets. <laughs> but anyway, so look, it's to benefit of everyone. And from a paid point of view, I think now we've obviously touched on, you know, making sure that, you're tapping into the unpaid, tapping into the customer the database, and you're also setting up potentially a tab on your website, uh, making sure that you know you're able to capture uh, leads or people interested in Black Friday. So you've basically like set up everything, and now it's about driving more traffic to that page, more traffic to your website, so that you can capture uh, visitors. What we what we're now going to be doing is going to get that traffic. And that uh, essentially can come from social media or running Google ads. But specifically here, I wanted to talk about Facebook ads. Hmm. And with Facebook ads, there's something that we did last year um, after you know our consultants from Facebook uh, advised us on a specific strategy on how to start marketing prior to anybody else. And the reason for that is, well, marketing early. And the reason for that is, you know, uh, when it comes to Black Friday, you can expect an influx of brands advertising at that one point in time. Yes. There's going to be a great demand for attention. And the cost of advertising is going to rise. Exactly, exactly. So ideally what you want to be doing is pre-advertising beforehand make sure you reach the right people at the lowest cost exactly so one way to go about actually doing that is running these uh, social media campaigns on facebook and because we know facebook is very good at its targeting capabilities there's a little strategy that we used last year and what we would do is we would run campaigns that would target people specifically interested in black friday deals so yeah, essentially what you're trying to do is you're actually trying to go after the people that just like deals. Essentially, that, that's that's the market that you want. And you can narrow it down by people also interested in your specific product item as well. So it, Black Friday deals and narrow it 
exactly. someone interested in your specific category. Yes. Now, now you laser sharp. Targeting. Now that's exactly what you'll do. So you'll say Black Friday, but on condition that they're also interested in, I don't know, cars, for example, if that's if you're in yes. the automotive industry. And then what that now starts doing is you're obviously targeting people that really just like buying when there's a special deal or whatever. Mm. And you'll, you'll, ad, you'll, you'll set up your advertising so that you can target these people. And when you're targeting these people, essentially where you're going to be sending them to is that your website is the page that you've set up where you have a Black Friday page. Yeah. And that is where you're going to be capturing those emails. And that's how you're going to be growing the database. So it's just that little trick where it's just a matter of targeting laser targeting individuals that are interested in Black Friday deals. However, on condition that it is specific to your interest, uh, your products, and then running those campaigns to a page that you have now on your website that you set up or pop up um, that you know will show when someone's interested and capture those details. And now you start building the database mm. way before anybody else's you're already jumping into the fray and start bidding up those advertising costs. So you want to get there before that happens. And then once you've started building that database, lo and behold, come Black Friday, you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, awesome. And I think another thing I'm thinking of here is remarketing, right? So everybody, always uh, they're always looking for new customers on Black Friday. So they're yep. running these paid strategies to tell the world that they have a Black Friday promotion running. The Facebook pixel allows you to retarget people who visited your site in the last six months. So essentially what you can do is you can tell Facebook that you only want to retarget people who visited your website in the last six months. And now you can be running ads to that audience yes. and tell them that you have, you know, whatever you have at offer. And the cost of advertising will be a lot lower because it's laser sharp targeted. And it's people who's already interested in your brand, they already know yes. your brand. So the cost of a sale might be a bit cheaper as well. The other thing that you can do, I think this is just top of mind, is that Facebook allows you to retarget everybody who's engaged with your Facebook page. So, yeah, it's one thing to drive someone to the site and then remarket them on Facebook, but something that's probably not as laser targeted, but very cost effective to do is to run post engagement ads. Yes. Prior Black Friday. Yes. And then say like the competition or whatever, just people who've liked, engaged, comments, shared with your site or with your page, those people can also be retargeted or they can form part of your retargeting audience if it's too small. And now you can literally show your ads to people who already know the brand, have engaged with the brand and have a good idea of what you sell. So the, the value to them has already been articulated. Now it's even better because you have a discount and uh, that's essentially something that you can look at. And from the post engagement mm -hmm. perspective, I think for those of you that have a very small audience, you can retarget people who've engaged with your Facebook page in 365 days, so a whole year. And uh, I think this is specifically for the SMEs who have small audiences who can't yeah. necessarily run retargeting ads because Facebook's retargeting, I would say, strategy only really works once your pixel that you add to the site, I'm getting a bit technical here, but you need about a thousand people in that audience before the remarketing ads really starts running. Yes. And if you don't have that, an alternative would be post-engagement retargeting. I don't know what you think about that. No, 100%. I was just thinking about how creative you can also be with your advertising because you could probably mimic uh, if maybe you, for some reason you can't um, be able to have a page where you know, you've know you blurred out images or blacked it out and made it you know very creative. You could do that with your ads. You could run mm. a carousel ad. And, you know, those carousels are the ones that are blurred out, but it just says Black Friday coming or, you know, saving 80% on these deals. But they're looking at the, mm, can't see the mm. deals up until the day comes, you know. So, again, you can get more creative. You can be very creative with your um, artwork on, on Facebook and Instagram. And it's just something, again, to look forward to for individuals to get to look forward to and wonder, like, whoa, wonder what, what's going to be on sale that day, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you could probably get very creative with that on, on social media. Awesome. And I think also the other thing I'm thinking of here, and this is again, a, but maybe a little bit technical, but for specifically for e-commerce stores, really doing your upsells and cross-sells during Black Friday. Because, for example, if you're going on Take-A-Lot and you bought a phone prior Black Friday, let's say two months or six months or four months prior Black Friday, 
that information is stored in Facebook in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, it's encrypted. We can't go in and see who bought a phone. John, and here's his number. It's all encrypted, but the Facebook pixel allows you to retarget to that audience and it also allows you to show products now strategically to that individual who bought a phone. So maybe something of showing this guy covers and all kinds of cell phone yes. accessories now is a good idea and discounting that because we already know he's got a phone. You're not going to sell him another phone. So essentially it's about focusing on accessory items, you know, mm. that, uh, items that can essentially, you know, be used as upsells or cross-sells. And uh, that's one way. This is now if you've built up your audience. So we're getting quite technical here, but essentially you get the idea that's important. You can always liaise with somebody to help you do this, right? No, definitely. And yeah, that, that's when it comes now to data more than anything. Because um, you could also do it on emails where you could do the cross-sells, uh, you know, upsells, but it's all going to be dependent on what someone has purchased before. And if you're using a platform like, say, Omnisend, which is the email um, automation tool for e-commerce stores, and it it's able to know it knows what what John purchased, and then obviously if you have like an upsell that you scheduled, let's say for to God three weeks later, it will then upsell them based off of the fact that they bought a phone. Now you're going to show them covers, uh, but yes, it's all te- getting technical and uh, but yeah. digging deeper into the data there. I think for anybody interested, to just be cognizant of the fact that we don't have a lot of time here, but go and look at uh, product catalog ads and uh, capabilities around that. Google it if you need to. Or reach out to someone like us. We can give you advice. We don't have to necessarily always sign a deal. We give people advice all the time for free. And then we say, hey, we can't help you, but this is what we would do. From my side, I think this is a great segue because you touched on emails. We've mentioned it prior, obviously, to the paid side as well. But you are spending all this money to get someone to the site. You're spending all this money to get someone to buy something from you. But the reality is 60, 70% 70 of people are going to get through the checkout process and probably abandon it. And I think we see it a lot with the first-time e-commerce business owners. Yes. They go, oh, nobody, everybody wants my product. There's something wrong with my checkout process. And, and occasionally, yes, there are tweaks and optimizations that you can do. But the reality is 60 70% of people, oh, it's life happens. We don't know yeah. what happened, but something happened. They were at the queue at the bank, busy browsing on their phone, saw a Facebook ad, thought they need this product of yours. And then the lady called them and it's their turn now to come and sign their documents or get their documents. So now they were interrupted. They've abandoned their cart. Or maybe they had second thoughts. You know, higher ticket items have a yes. higher abandon rate because they were like, hmm, do I really need this? The logical side of the brain, which yeah. all marketers hate. <laughs> 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 kind of like tapped in and said, hey, dude, you really probably don't need this. And most companies would send one default email saying, hey, you lost, if they send an email, yeah. they would send something like, you left, left this in your cart, do you still want it? And the odds are that customer is going to say no and you're going to lose money because you had a potential for a sale but you also paid for that customer to get there. So you're wasting money on both ends. And this is where abandoned carts come in, right? Absolutely. Um, and like you said, there's so many factors that play a role into you know, why people just abandon. In fact, one of the main ones is actually delivery fees. I've noticed that time and oh, time really? again, delivery costs. Because oh, we've th- seen it. I, I remember you told me about a recent plan that we signed. Was, yeah. We had shipping costs. And yes. then we, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to say the client, but the client had a, a very high delivery fee um, in comparison to you know anybody else doing similar products selling some products online and um, we advised that look after going through the checkout process ourselves um, looking at the data looking at the traffic that's coming to the site people are adding to cart and people are checking out but they're still abandoning why is it that they're abandoning and then we noticed the delivery fee and we're like okay this is quite high Let's try and remove it. Moment we removed it, sales started coming in. Mm. Slowly but surely, you know, but the sales started coming in. So that is one big factor. It's a massive barrier. It yeah. is a massive barrier. Um, so that's one thing to look at. But yes, abandoned cards. Once, once you have minimum, I'd say is about yeah three 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 emails max. Actually, let's say it's three to four emails. Mm. Once you have about three to four email reminders. 
that is usually when they can become very effective in actually recovering those lost sales. One is not enough because of the fact that it might get sent out, let's say, six hours later. Hey, you left this in your cart. Yes, of course, you have to still, you know, make it sexy. Uh, not just say, hey, do you leave this? <laughs> you know, there's ways to go about making it sexy. But if you only have one, then it means that you're only giving yourself one shot at actually getting the purchase. Mm. But if you send another one 12 hours later and another one 24 hours later, and maybe in that last one, you said, listen, I'll give you a extra 10% off but it's going to expire in 24 hours. Now you're also creating that urgency in that last and final email, but sending three or four increases your chances by three or four times to actually get the purchase. Mm. People get busy. Like you say, they might've even missed that one reminder that you sent and it's gone. It's probably down at the bottom of all their emails now that they're trying to get to. And not everybody checks their emails every single day. Exactly. So, to increase your chances of actually getting that sale, you want to have minimum, I mean, maximum about three to four. Mm. And that is way more effective than just having one. And I think if I can add my two cents here, the last thing you want to do is send three emails each saying, do you still want this? <laughs> do you still want this? Do you still want this? Ideally, it's it's about figuring out what is causing people to abandon on the site and then structuring three emails as a blanket kind of like approach here because it's very difficult to trigger abandoned cards as a on a personalized manner you know you there's some hectic tech that needs to go into that but you can have a standard especially e-commerce if you're only selling one product it becomes easier to kind of like influence the individual based on the product but if you're selling hundreds of different products you, the emails that you're writing is a bit more of a vanilla message at the end mm-hmm. of the day for people who've obviously added certain products to their cart. So you wanted to say something? Yeah, because you just sparked something in. Um, because of the fact that, you know, you're busy talking about, um, you know, making those that messaging articulate clearly depending on what possible reservation someone might have had, mm. hence they left. Another way we could have actually done this with the client is if we thought or believed that it was the, the delivery cost, we could have actually then had in the first email saying free delivery. Mm. And then essentially, because now we know yeah. that it's most likely the delivery cost. So let's take it. Uh, let's see what happens if our reminder is about free delivery and see then if you would still get purchased. And I probably potentially would have. I can see it saying something like, did you notice that we have free delivery? Because yeah. we kind of like just want to emphasize the yes. fact that we have that because we know it's a pain point for people. Yes. Do you, do you notice that we have more than one payment option? Because essentially that's another big pain point for people. True. So the the thing I was kind of like leaning towards was, was speaking to the individual in an emotional, logical way. And I think for those of you interested, we went down on this uh, in episode three or four on the e-commerce. We had an e-commerce podcast where we, uh, episode where we just spoke about e-commerce marketing tips. And I kind of like broke down the logical side of the brain, emotional side of the brain, and how you want to approach it as a, as a marketer, as a business owner. And any 80 to 90% of people do make purchases based on emotion. But the higher the ticket item, the more logical the purchase becomes. So for example, everybody wants a Ferrari, but it's not logical to go and put yourself in that debt to buy it. Yeah. So if everybody was 100% emotional all the time and everybody would make 4 million rand loans, you know, at a time when they when their credit score reaches 4 million, they would get a Ferrari, right? So essentially, the, the higher the ticket item, the more logical you need to be a, about the approach. And essentially what it comes down to as well is that understanding that most people are emotional and creating a message that speaks to them emotionally. Yes. So you need to do your own market research and really understand what does your brand stand for? Why, what, is it, what are you offering that's actually curing a specific pain point for people? Thinking about weight loss brands. You, know, you can write an emotional mail on, on you know, how it's beach season and you want to get in shape and you, know, you want to feel comfortable when you take your shirt off at the, on, on the beach or whatever it is. Creates an emotion that kind of like makes people go, like, you're damn straight, I want to feel that way. You know, I'm just going to get it. It's Black Friday, why not? I want to look like Dwayne Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> so then there's the more emotional side where like, oh, you know, it's a big front up cost. Yeah. You can say, look, we know it's an expensive product, but 
if you break it down per month, it's you know X amount of rand per serving. Mm. And if you have to compare it with other products on the market, or if it's a nutrition sh- shake, if you have to compare it to buying a high quality nutritious meal, you're not going to get something any cheaper mm. than that. So essentially now it becomes logical. And in terms of one another barrier, I think that people don't necessarily proceed, especially if they're the first time customer, is just credibility and trust. So having a third email sequence where you actually just brag a little bit about some of your biggest achievements, how many orders have you shipped, uh, perhaps some clients who've tried the products and loved it. Yes, yes. And this is just other people, customers, speaking on behalf of your brand, essentially just articulating that you legit and you're doing a good job. Mm. And I mean, that's kind of like how I would structure an abandoned card sequence if, if I was an SME around Black Friday. What do you think? No, 100%. Um, can't argue with you there. I think you've nailed it on the head with regards to that. Um, I hope everyone listening out there will go about crafting <laughs> their messaging according to you know uh, potentially what they believe might be a hindrance to people purchasing. Sometimes, you know, we talked about payment options. And... Uh, do you know BOPUS? I do not know BOPUS. What is that? So BOPUS is an acronym for buy online, pick up in store. Oh, okay. <laughs> BOPUS with an I. Yeah, Bopus. yeah. Okay. So, you know, again, it, one reservation is that, hmm, okay, um, I want this product, but will I even get it delivered? Because it says free delivery. I mean, it says delivery. And Black Friday deliveries are so delayed. That's like, another thing. Take so God will tell you, like, you're going to wait, have to wait two weeks or whatever to get the product. So I actually think Bopus might actually become more, uh, quite popular uh, during Black Friday because you can just imagine the orders and the delays. People might actually opt in. As you should probably give that as an option. Mm. That is, you can buy online and store, pick it up in store. Yes, if you have a store, then ideally what you'd want to do is provide Bopus as an option because then people can just come and pick it up in store and not have to wait for two, three days because there's going to mm. be so many other orders that your you know your brand has to be shipping out. So Bopus has become quite popular and I think it's going to be now a, a very worthwhile avenue of looking at if you're a brick-and-mortar store. Um, especially not to you know the get people having to sit there and wait and you know we live in a world where everyone wants something instantly everything everyone wants something interesting so ideally if you can get in a bit of bopus there for your store i think you would actually do quite well especially Mm. during black friday i love that and i think that's so classic because often i bought a product and the company wouldn't be too upfront about the delivery expectations strategically because it might set you off if you know you have to wait a month or three weeks and take a lot obviously does that prior checkout they say this is the deal when you're going to get the product and then you can choose a delivery date and they're always delayed so i think uh, a buy online pick up in store strategy for those of you who have both brick and mortar you know local shops and an online situation i think that's great that's definitely something to consider i think Let's conclude with just one or two technical things. Um, you know, there's one or two things that I kind of like thought about while we were chatting. You're going to have an increase in traffic to the site, that's for sure. And you can bet good money on the fact that, I want to say you can bet your ass, but... Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I said it anyway, because I wanted to, because that's how serious I am about this. You can do know that people are going to have questions about your products. So for those of you that do not have, I would say chatbots or, you know, chat solutions on the store itself, you know, your team will be running around, obviously, and it's going to be hectic. But when people have a question, they want to ask the question right there and then. And I think that's going to happen more often. Now, someone like Take a lot would probably want to remove that function on Black Friday because it would drive them <laughs> nuts. I don't. I don't think they're going to have the manpower to reply to everybody who have questions. Yeah. Not, I don't even know if they have that option. But if you're a small to to, to medium sized business who is not expecting millions of visitors to your site, you know, having that on your store is an advantage for you. If obviously the replies are, you know kind of like manageable and I think it will be especially if you're driving in like two or three thousand because not every single person is going to communicate with you but I think a lot of them are more prone to ask questions because they're more serious to buy the product there's a high intent to buy the product 
And the thing is, they don't want to lose out on the product. So they want to get the answers right there and yes. then before they have to make up their mind whether they're going to get it or not because they, I can promise you now, they're going to spend the money. Remember, Black Friday is a psychological thing. People have set out a budget for themselves. They said, I'm going to spend this amount of money on Black Friday. Some, and every, probably everybody spends more than they budgeted for. But essentially what happens is that if they don't spend their money with you, they're going to spend it with somebody else. So yeah. if, they, if you can't convince them that they have to spend their money with you right there and then, they're going to spend it with somebody else and you have to be okay with it. So essentially, it's about just having a chat solution on the site mm. that can essentially just make sure that there is support if someone has a query right there and then. And then I think the last one, again, and touching on the support side, is having your contact number or an email address. Yeah. You know, very visible on the site during this specific time because of the fact that people are going to want to reach out to you. Yeah. And I think people are also going to be afraid that maybe they might be going to uh, you know a website that is just built for that day and it might be a, spe- a scam you know mm. people are still wary of you know buying online and there's fraud out there and people are uh, nervous about that kind of stuff so i think making it very visible that you are contactable um with the chat with your number there and that it's easy for you know if, if there is any need to to get help then it's there and it is visible to all your customers that are coming through exactly and then uh, i think from my side that's roughly what I wanted to share with you guys in terms of what you can do, you know, online, offline, paid, unpaid strategies for your online store this Black Friday. Gil, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think um, that's it from me. Good luck to everyone that's going to be doing the Black Fridays and uh, hope you guys make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, it's a psychological thing. Yeah, it is. So, you know, we've seen some of our clients, you know, and this is just to round off with like you get so hyped up on the Black Friday success that you almost expect that to continue growing after December and January. And I think don't beat yourself up if your store takes a slump in December because depending on the industry that you're in, December's are quite tough for some people. Mm. And j- the beginning of January's are quite tough because most people spend their money. So I think emotionally don't beat yourself up when you've had a good Black Friday. Because a lot of people have a great Black Friday and they think this is a great thing. We're going to do more stuff like this or, you know, this is shows us that there's potential for the brand. So we're going to yes. put more money behind the brand. So they put more money behind the business. December, January comes, the sales aren't there. And, you know, it's just a matter of like, oh, what mm. have I done? And uh, it's all just about being consistent, being patient. If Black Friday is just an indication. If you don't make black sales on Black Friday and you did everything that we said, then the odds are people don't want your brand or your <laughs> product. And I think that's just something we have yeah. to say. Or you didn't know how to drive. If you drove traffic, targeted traffic to your site, you don't make any sales. On Black Friday, when it's the most psychological day of the year when it comes to sales, then you, then you need to have a very hard look at your business model and the products that you're offering people. 100% because it is Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> and it's coming early. Cool, guys. Look, I think that's the roundup. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, all the best. Good luck. And if there's any feedback, give us a shout. If you guys want to comment on the podcast, the the type of information that we're sharing, I would love to hear from you. Hit us up. Uh, My email is yandre at v8media.ca.today. You can find our info at v8media.ca.today on the website itself on v8media.ca.today. So from my side, Reach out to us. Let us know. Is the things that we're producing helping you? We would love to maybe get some new topics. We've got some interesting topics in store for you over the next couple of weeks. But we're always keen to to know what you want, what you want to know. We want to know what you want to know. So that is it from our side. Thank you so much. All the best and have a good one. Cheers.